Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, welcome to today's podcast, Why Routines Matter. I want to chat quickly about routines for you and for your child, why um, it's important to establish routines so that you then can free up um, processing room or memory space in your brain um, for those things that matter, such as productivity. There's a lot we can do here. So I recently wrote about back to school routines, as I feel very strongly about setting your child up for success. And this is any child, not just those with executive functioning challenges. This really helps build predictability and safety. We know that kids need connection, safety, and problem-solving support. And routines are a great way to help start the process and set your child up for success. First, though, before we get into this, I also want to talk about routines for you. So I believe that we have so much going on in our lives. We have so much going on in our brains. And that processing um, information and the memory space can Really, if we are able to then put it down on paper or in an app, we are then able to just take that out of our brains and make sure it's done on a weekly or daily basis so that you don't have to remember what is happening when. And um, this will become second nature over time, but I have found that I need that um, those reminders even if it seems like it's become second nature. So then I don't have to use any of that optimal functioning for small details. So I use the home routines app um, and I have a morning, evening, and weekly tasks. And it really helps me just keep on track. But there are a variety of other apps out there. This has nothing, this is really, um, we're talking about routines versus you know, things that you have to, your to-do list. That I keep separate in a sauna, but that's for another story. And we talked about that in productivity. So really just thinking about how to think about all that you do. And sometimes that comes out in a brain download, which you can find on my website. Um, But it really is thinking about what matters to you and what you need to do every day or For example, I have to wash the sheets on Mondays because that's when my mom did it and it just helps me remember. And so I have it on my app so I know, remember when to do it. So it might seem like second nature to some of you, but those of us that do have ADHD or other fun um, uh, differences, we use these tools to help us grow. But kids we know need extra support in this area. And I highly recommend Dr. Becky Bailey's Easy to Love, Difficult to Discipline book. Much of what I'm discussing comes from our conscious discipline um, principles and routines. And even when we think about, again, I keep saying it, but Dr. Daniel Siegel's work, um, routines come up. So first, I want you to consider 
really wanted and unwanted behaviors as it relates to routines. Why would having routines help your family in general and help each child in particular? So let me go through some wanted behaviors. This might apply to your family or it might not. It really applies to my family. So a wanted behavior would be to get ready in the morning without yelling, reminding, stress, someone in tears, usually me, just kidding, being late, etc. And then uh, and another wanted behavior that I might want to shape behavior, here comes the behavioralist, you know, I trained rat in graduate school, so I, I, I default back to this shaping behavior piece, but you would um, have an after school without struggles. So that's the wanted behavior that you, they would be able to just sit down and do their homework with ease and take brain breaks when they needed and really just be present and and have fun um, and relax after a long day of school. And then another wanted behavior in our house is a calm and connected bedtime routine so that we feel connected to Henry or Theo. And we also feel that we are able to provide them a sense of calm so that they can be calm. So unwanted behaviors, you can only assume what that would be. Um, And you see it in your families. You might not, but we see it. I see it in my family and the families I've helped. So I also want to say that I believe conflict or disobedience is a call for help and indicates a skill or in some cases, many skills are missing. So that we as adults must help the child self-regulate in order to teach the new skills that the child needs for success. And that comes with, like, we, we get a new job. We have to be taught how to do that job. It isn't assumed that you would come in. And um, I, this is one example from my own life that traumatized me a little bit. Um, I needed to learn how to draw blood, right? And so they wouldn't just assume I would know how to do that because isn't that common sense because they had been doing it for 30 years. So that that's a, we have opportunities as parents for training and, and building our, the skill set for our children for success. So I also believe that children with help, and this is with help, can reflect upon their behavior and make different choices. How we see children and address their misbehavior teaches them how to see themselves and treat others. This is hard for me. Children must be seen differently to behave differently. We must see their actions and see the love in them, not as tools to make us angry and be defiant and evil, but as just really misunderstandings and, and really trying to seek attention and support from us. Okay, so you're probably asking, how do we teach wanted behaviors? And this is where those routines come in. So we create visual reminders to help your their working memory. And this is why I need reminders to help my working memory. And I always say um, it's important to be like Dora the Explorer. And so for Theo, who is two, we say bath, books, bed. So we, we say it over and again, over and over again, bath, books, bed. You really Dora the Explorer. And, and with that, he has a visual 
teen chart, but we're also then trying to help that auditory processing piece so that he's then practicing over time. And I will say that we did this with Henry and even with a child that you've been practicing and practicing, some kids have auditory processing disorders and it's nothing that the parents did. It's truly not. It's the way that the child's brain is set up and and made. And so we have an opportunity to really, and challenge to really teach them how they can cope and what they need to know. So I believe that visual routines are should be clearly posted for children at eye level near the place the routine occurs. So this is, um, you have a routine checklist downstairs. You have a routine checklist in their bedroom. You have it in the bathroom so that they know um, they don't have to go around searching for it because in our house, we lose a lot of things. Um, I don't know how it happens, um, but this is just the way it goes. And we also want to make sure um, we use the MAPS, which is from Conscious Discipline, and it stands for M Model. A, at visuals, and P, practice. It's important to review and teach regularly and add new visual routines as needed. In addition to visual routines, you can do a flip book, a Velcro chart. I've seen um, magnets that say um, need to do and then done, or in process and done. Um, and you can break down task one at a time. If you want need to give them one card at a time because they're still processing how to work through each piece of that routine, that's fine too. So that you would say, you would hand them a get dressed card. They'd go do that, come back to you. You'd hand them the brush their teeth card. They'd do that. They'd bring it back to you. You'd hand them the next card. And I want to say that this seems so tedious, but you are building them up for success so that in in time they can do two at once. They can do four routines at once so that you are no longer that, that gatekeeper for them. Their brain becomes that. But we know neural networks need practice. And so through routines, we build that network. We build that practice in there. And practice does truly not make perfect, but it makes almost perfect. And I mean, if the moon is full, then it might not be perfect. I'm just joking, but it always is a process. I know with myself, sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't want to do um, the laundry today. I'll put it off till tomorrow. And I know what happens when I don't do my routine as, as suggested in my um, materials. We know what happens in those cases. And so we're trying to help our children so that when they get to the, be adults, it's just automatic. And I, I really want to stress here, part of the M, the modeling, is um, providing supervision and coaching. So teach how to do each step in a routine. Role play. Make it fun. You can be the child and they can teach you how to do it. I give Henry the list. Um, and this goes to the next one. So I'll, I'll start. So we have the first is create visual reminders. The second is involve your child as much as possible to teach those wanted behaviors. I create a general routine chart at the, you know, at the beginning of each semester. We, um, we look at it. I tell Henry that 
we have to make a plan for his mornings and his afternoons and bedtimes. And I give him choices. So it's like, let's make a plan, Henry, and I need help. We write or photograph the steps. For example, I thought he should get dressed first and then go brush his teeth. Well, that didn't, he needed choice. He needed to feel like he had a choice in the matter. So he first, we, we switched it around. So he brushes his teeth first, then backtracks to his bedroom and gets dressed and he's happy. So that makes him feel like he has control and understands and gets to choose. So he gets feedback. I mean, young kids, you can't really do this, but I started doing this when Henry was about four. So um, I talk to him about how it helps us all to have routines. We list out what happens if we get ready or go to bed without any struggles. So we talk about what happens when everything works. And so we really do talk about wanted and unwanted behaviors. And then he gets a chance to talk about wanted and unwanted behaviors as it relates to his parents, which is it always involves kind words and not getting annoyed when he doesn't listen. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really a process and we are trying and learning together. So part of this um, involving your child as much as possible is, is really role play and coaching. Children also, and I think this is very important, truly don't understand time until approximately the second grade and for our sweet friends with executive processing issues it's even longer I would argue that my husband still doesn't understand how long it takes to do things and I love him dearly but sweet heavens he truly doesn't have a clue how long sometimes some things take and I have to remember that when when processing getting ready for a vacation and packing um it 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 takes longer than he thinks and it takes longer um, than we've prepared. So I just have to remember things like that. So the third thing is to provide opportunities for meaningful contributions. And this is really when it comes to routine, um, family contributions are authentic responsibilities and I don't call them chores to contribute to the whole family. Adults highlight the helpful nature of the job and children can explain the jobs and their significance. We gave Henry a builder job uh, um, on the trip. So he built forts. He built and so his job within was to build structures for the family to make our life easier and that Roll that routine each day for him to have a responsibility matters. It it greatly, I cannot tell you how much this shapes his behavior. On my Pinterest, you'll find um, roles and responsibilities of families, of classrooms, all taken from that conscious discipline book. Um, and it might be within her classroom's book, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but but you can find it online and it's incredible. And I might link to it in the blog um, post notes. And then um, I want you to notice and encourage behavior, that wanted behavior. Notice or describe even what you are seeing, even if it's painful, instead of judging. So describing and noticing focuses attention judgment is about the worth of the person moment or situation and we don't it's so hard not to do that but it's so important not 
to do that. So the intent behind encouragement is to help children be conscious of their efforts and actions. And so, for example, a good job becomes a great work. Good for you for working so hard. Thank you for helping. Throughout the day, the adult uses phrases like, you did it. You did this. Way to go. You did you helped us in every way um, today with your building responsibility. You did, you built a fort for your brother. You built a, a, a fire in the um, fireplace. You did so much to help build a good environment for all of us. And that was so helpful. So children then start modeling the language and encouraging of each, uh, being encouraging of each encouraging of each other. And it's interesting that Theo is so good at this. He says, thank you, Bubba. I like that. You help me. Thank you, Bubba. You are so nice. And and he really is encouraging in ways that I can't fathom a two-year-old being because he sees us intentionally doing it and, and responds. Now, um, our sweet little Henry, because his brain is different, doesn't necessarily do that. And that's just fine. But we're we're slowly building, we're slowly building skill set. I often think about my unwanted and wanted behaviors when it comes to helping Henry follow his routines. So it used to go like this, sweet sassy Henry, follow your, your chart. I mean, and there was follow your chart with a lot of judgment on a loud condescending tone. I'd get annoyed or visibly upset when I just expected him to follow the rules and the routine without any training or practice. This is my unwanted behavior. And I want us to think as parents about what we want to see in ourselves and what we don't want to see on that unwanted behavior. I, um, I notice I think in un, in wanted behavior, the children and focus on what then I want them to do with the goal of keeping it safe and being present in the moment. I shape behavior through positive reinforcement. I shape rats' behavior through giving them food. It wasn't from zapping them or hurting them. It was really through food. So we can do this. Although it's, I try to shape behavior and it's really hard in adults. Let me tell you this, but um, very little judgment is left in my language if I'm practicing and working very hard on it. And empathy helps children reach a higher brain state to better manage their own emotions and problem solve. Adults are able to reflect back what they see when a child is in survival state. So we say this, oh, Theo, your face is like this, but it's observable phenomenon. And then you reflect what they, what I sense the child is feeling in that emotional state. You seem sad. You are throwing things. You seem angry and reflect back the child's desires when he or she is focused on what they don't want. You wanted the toy that your brother had. You were hoping that you would get it immediately but your brother was paying, playing with it. So I just want to be clear here that this is a process. You won't always be your wanted behavioral self. Your children won't always know how to follow the routines overnight. Acceptance of the process is not resignation, failure, or agreement. It is simply allowing things to be as they are. It's helping your child learn and grow. Arguing with reality creates struggle, not change. The moment is as it is. And this is very zen, right? And, but it's the truth. And 
I struggle the most with this, that I am that calm for my child. I am that emotional regulating center for my child. And this is from Becky Bailey, that we are responsible for our own decisions, thoughts, and behaviors, and others are responsible for theirs. I cannot save you from yourself, nor can you save me from myself. So the only person you can make change is yourself. Oh, and when I first read that, I have to admit, in cautious discipline, I was just suspect or I was overwhelmed by that. Because if we can't shape our children's behavior, what is happening? But this is really reflection on the process that we can only lead them. We can only be that model for them. We can only ask them. But it is a process. Growing up is a process. We know the prefrontal cortex does not develop until the mid-20s or early to mid-20s. But So it takes time. The only person, I will say this again, you can change is yourself. And I believe that power comes from choice, not force. I can't make others change and they can't make me. I realize I'm choosing to comply or surrender. I'm conscious of when I give my power away. I can only model, encourage, and inspire change in others. This is demonstrated by my behavior and my language. So I created routine for both my husband and myself to follow when dropping off the daycare. So this, these routines can come in all forms. And, and I want you to know that it is just about shaping behavior and making children feel comfortable. It's really, it is about rerouting those neural networks, creating new narrow, neural, neural pathways to create change. And I just, um, saw that we're 20 minutes in and I promised to try to end at 15 minutes. So how's that for routine? But I really think that we need to build in routines of connection as well through eye contact, touch, presence, playfulness, help children increase attention span, hyperactivity, build self-esteem and develop language skills. So sweet friends, parenting is work. Truly, truly hard work. But there is world of support out there for all of us. And trust me, I am stretched every day with this routine business for myself and with my, ch- my family. With a family full of ADHD, it is hard. But I promise it is worth it. Thank you so very much for joining me this week. I can't wait to chat with you next week. And I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. I wish you well. And thanks for listening. Have a great one.